Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming right from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today's guest, we've got Pat Llewellyn, a awesome musician. Go on his website at patllewellynmusic.com. If you just look in our bio, we'll have links to everything. Twitter, pat underscore Llewellyn. Facebook.com slash pat dash Llewellyn. And all the links will be on our page, our Facebook page, and in the intro here anyway pat has been making music since 1999 strongly in the new york new jersey scene i grew up in connecticut but it had dipped my toe in those areas so we ended up knowing a lot of the same people if you're hearing parts of the episode where it can sound like a really weird transition we talked about some stuff that had to get cut out we turned out we both work in the same field so we ended up talking about that for a while um it's really less interview and more conversation, which is what I love. Um, Pat and I got, we just got along really well. We've kept in touch. He's definitely going to come back on the show. He's so cool that he's put out a new single. Uh, you should watch the video. Um, it's fucking awesome. We put a link on it on our YouTube page. Everything of his is just on patlewellandmusic.com. You could find everything. Uh, so Pat is turning 30 as of today, the 29th, which is released on the 30th. And for his 30th birthday, he's decided to release 16 new songs, uh, full length and two EPs. So we've got a song at the end of this off Personal Fable. And he's also got Leguin Overdrive and Maggots Are Nothing Special. Really, I can't even express how much I really like his music. Uh, the couple bands he says on his site that he was most notably in, one of them I knew of, uh, Waiting for Sunset, was we've actually had Brian Birdsey on from waiting for sunset at that time i did not know he was waiting for sunset he's the host of epic dudes pat was also the frontman of benedict arnold trade school bats really just all-around good dude and also a fellow comedy fan and i love that we talk about being like a punk rock dad and such a proud dad and how he takes his daughter everywhere there's some cute pictures on the music facebook page of him with his daughter in the studio and just such a cool dude. I really had a lot of fun with this episode. I can't wait to have Pat back on. So uh, make sure you check out Pat online at patlewellenmusic.com, facebook.com slash pat-llewellen, and on Twitter at pat underscore Llewellyn. And uh, let's get right to it. And make sure you stick around to the end. We're going to put up, Pat uh, gave me a copy of a song that we could to play. His song will be coming up off his EP, Personal Fable. It is called Peaceful Man. There is a really cool video. Make sure you watch that video. I cannot believe how great it was. Well, let's get to it. Excellent. Thank you so much for doing this. this I'm excited. I mean, thanks for having me on, man. I, I enjoy being on podcasts a lot. Yeah, me too. And I could never yeah. get on one, so I had to start one. There you go. There you go. I actually um, – I just started one with with a friend of mine too. We're just recording a bunch. We're going to put them out. It's pretty cool. Oh, what's it so. called? We could, I'll, um, I'll plug the shit out of it in the beginning. Yeah, it's called uh, Tree Fort Tonight. And it's uh, it's me and uh, do you know Trebo from Royden? No. 
you don't know him. I know you know some guys from the NJ music scene. Uh, yeah, he was, he was in this band Royden. They were really big. So we're like playing together now. We're doing a podcast. It's weird. It's going to be fun. So, um, my first question for you, cause like, I think are, are, I'm 30. So are we of the same age? I am going to be 30 on March 29th. Okay, so we're like the – I think podcasting is like the new old hardcore dude thing to do. Dude, totally. <laughs> like Brian it's, and Ronnie. If you're, if you're a washed-up comedian or a washed-up musician, you're podcasting now. Or – yeah, absolutely. Because like um, <laughs> Epic Dudes is just like two old hard, – you know. Uh, it's just two, old hard, yeah. two hardcore dudes just trying to relive their nostalgia. I say that exactly. with love as a, a Oh, me too. Of, me too. I love that yeah. show. Yeah, and I, you were on it. That's uh, – it's always helpful when I like have to have people on that I've never met and I can listen to them somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm on I'm on a bunch of podcasts. Um, and if you listen to it, like if you listen to that show every week, that like what the fuck you're listening to theme song, I made that. Oh, that was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I like did not know that <laughs> I knew. I definitely knew Brian. I don't know. I feel like Ronnie and I figured out we had met at some point, but yeah. like. I remember listening to it because I only heard about it because I saw John Tumble. John was on there from Polly. I was like, oh, that's cool. I had John. Yeah. I know John. And then I listened and I'm like, I swear to God, I know this dude. So like I had him on the show. We get on Skype. I'm like, oh, dude. Oh, no fucking way. That's you. Yeah. It was I, I know you. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't, we haven't like really ever talked. Yeah. I feel like we must have met like a hundred times by now. Had to have. There's had no possible way. There's no way in hell. That we didn't know each other. Because I, Cause I, I was, I was in that band with Brian. So, oh, I, yeah, I was gonna ask you that. I was, like, I was in, I was in Waiting for Sunset. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know Brian was. That that threw me off. I was oh yeah, Brian was in Waiting for Sunset. And I was like, oh, oh, Brian, you should mention that in the episode. But like, that's fun. Yeah. so. Did you guys? Because um, did you guys ever do Connecticut? Uh, Waiting for Sunset. Yeah. I don't even remember. We played all the time. <laughs> that's amazing. For so long that I don't even remember everywhere we went. And, and I've done a lot of shows with a lot of different projects over the years. It all just kind of blends together. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I mean, played Connecticut before. If you played Connecticut at some in like a certain era, year, there's no way that I didn't see one of your thousand your projects. Especially yeah. if it was like in Central Connecticut where I was from, like that certain age. Like yeah, I went to all that shit. Like yeah. anytime Folly came through, especially. Oh Folly! I mean Folly, they're they're the greatest. So you're from that area? I love those guys. Yeah, I'm from. Uh, I'm from a little town called Ogdensburg, New Jersey. Yeah, I never heard of that. <laughs> it's like it's it's right it's right nearby where all those guys are from. Like, you know, like John and Agim and shit. They're from like Wanage. Yeah, yeah. Which is even it's either further farmland than where I am. Like I'm right next to Sparta and like Route 15 and shit. So yeah. I'm still I'm a little more built up, but it's like the smallest town ever. Yeah. It's got like 2,000 people. The only thing cool that has ever happened there is there's an old zinc mine and they shot a part of Zoolander there. All right, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, that was the only cool thing that's ever happened. You know, uh, speaking of old hardcore dudes, I like that we're both of our flavored seltzer waters. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is such just, an old hardcore dude. Just selling dude thing us to do. out right now, like, yeah. What do you? Yeah, have? man. Cherry. I have uh, uh, wild cherry. Yeah. Cranberry raspberry. Ooh. No big deal. Is yours from Shoprite? Because I looks my, like. This is the Shoprite brand. Yeah, because my 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 wife is from Bloomfield. It's cheaper. Yeah, I know. We don't have Shoprite up here. Ooh. It's really disappointing. So whenever we go to uh, Jersey, that's like our highlight is like going to Shoprite and getting like uh, pork roll and shit <laughs> and bringing yeah. it up here. We're like, yes. that's what you got to do. I was just in your area. I don't. Well, you don't live there anymore, but like, cause I when I I, I, had, live, I live right by New York City now. I live um. Oh yeah, yeah. You're like uh, I live I live literally the bridge town, right? Yeah, I lived like two minutes from the George Washington Bridge. Where, uh, so you're the town where Christie shut down the bridge? 
Yeah. Did, oh, did you watch The Wire? I feel like that show depicts that world so well. I I watched some of The Wire. I still haven't finished The Wire. It's depressing. I think it either gets you or you don't. It's one of those shows. Yeah. But like yeah. group homework, like man, if you like, what a good job to be like in a band. Like you could oh, so flexible. I, I mean, work, working working my job now isn't because it's very nine to five. Oh, I like nine, I like nine to five though. I, I got. I say love it's great. it, man. I used to hit. It's rebel nice to against leave it all it. behind. Oh, I love getting home at five and not like eleven, like I used to. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, man. It's good because especially with my lifestyle now, like I'm a dad. If you didn't know. I heard, I, yeah, because I heard you on Epic Dudes. I thought that was so cool. I was like, oh, yeah. punk rock dad. Yeah, That's I'm a awesome. I'm a dad. Um, Is it awesome? I, you know, I have been. Myself and my wife have been so lucky because our daughter is the best behaved child of all time. So she's just – she's so sweet to everybody. She's very friendly. She's a little bratty, sure. But she's very very loving and she's very open and she's like – communicates really well and she sleeps like 13 hours a night without a problem. What? Yeah. She's just the best baby. So her personality is great. So be – it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I don't know if you have more of a persnickety child. It might be harder. I'm assuming our second one is going to be the devil and That's incarnate. That's what Yeah, my brother's son is one, and he's like the same, like almost like everyone's like, this doesn't happen. They're never this good. <laughs> Wait <laughs> to the next one. But, Wait oh to the God. next how one. Old's your, how old's your daughter? She is uh, She's under two, so I'm still talking in months, but at this point talking yeah. in months feels silly. She's 20. She's almost twenty months. Oh my god, that must be so cute. It she's it's yeah, it's so adorable. She's really cool. We like she has like a bunch of Beatles onesies and jumpers and shit. Oh my and god. uh like I have on my wall in my living room I have a, a guitar, a mandolin, and a banjo hanging on the wall. And she walks up to them and she says, Daddy Tar, baby Aww. tar. And then she wants me to take off the guitar and play it while she strums the mandolin because she thinks it's a baby guitar, so it's for her. Oh my god! And it's really cute. You know, it's so funny. She's really, she's really musical. She sings. Oh my god! She's always wanting to like play pianos and stuff and have rhythms. Oh. She's she's wonderful. She's gonna be a punk rocker, just like her dad. She's gonna be a little punk rock girl. Or the complete opposite, and they go for like I don't know what's the opposite of punk rock, rap, or like folk music. Well, I mean. I like all that stuff too. Yeah. I like I like everything, and I I play her everything. She really responds well to music, so we listen to vinyl all the time together. Oh my god! And there's uh, something nice about hearing de- dudes who love being dads, because like in our generation, <laughs> like before us, like not my dad, my dad was the man, but like you just there's that generation of like dads who like hate their kids, or like that's always been the thing. And this yeah, generation, or of new like dads I'm too are, I'm too fucking busy to be your dad. Yeah, kid. seeing my brother, like my brother Aaron, like 34 on the ground rolling around just like mushy gushy, and then my dad who's like 60. Just on the ground, just like bending out, do anything for this yeah. little baby. It's like that's so sweet. Like I it just is love sweet. it. I love you know, it. I think I think our society is not as like hyper masculine with fatherhood. Like it, the the trend has changed, and I think there's actually a conscious movement, whether people realize it or not. The trend has changed for men to be more involved in their child's lives. Mm. 
it's like it's cool it's cool now it's almost in fashion which is a great thing and i hope it never goes away yeah i agree absolutely i um, i don't understand how you could want to like be a dad and not be involved with your child's life like that blows my mind dude i take her i take her everywhere i took her well i have a lot of music coming out soon i'm sure we'll talk about this at some point oh yeah oh yeah but, that's why we're here <laughs> yeah i mean we will at some point but you know for a lot of my recording sessions I I bring her with me. Like if I'm, I'm just not looking dr- at the your Facebook page, and I thought that was like the sweetest thing. Like you're in the studio and she's just there. Your daughter's yeah. very cute, by the way. I'm sure you Thank hear that you. a lot. She's she's the best. She's the best little. She's just the best on every level. There's nothing else I can say about her. Um, but yeah, so I take her to the studio all the time. She gets involved on the full length album I'm putting out. She actually she has a little vocal cameo. It's pretty <laughs> oh cute. Oh my god. And if, so it it fits well with the song too. So it's it's uh it's kind of. It's kind of corny, but it, it, it feels really nice. Oh, it's, it's very sweet. She's going to love that forever. You know, it's going to be weird. Absolutely. So, like, um, you know, like kids today on Facebook do, like, TBT. You know, not kids. You know, on Facebook you do TBT. One day yeah. it's going to be, she's like, TBT, that time was my dad's album when I was two. But it's, yeah. we're talking, like, 25 years from now on whatever social media exists. <laughs> Dude, it's not even, it's not even going to be Facebook anymore. No, it's, it's just going to be, like, some we're, ju- we're just going to live in this hyper, like, this weird virtual hyper reality of 3D printers, and you just make anything happen. Like, everybody's going to be able to control their own, <laughs> like, universe, like, like God, will all just be plugged into a thing. It'll be like The Matrix, but more interactive. That'd be amazing. Like The Matrix and The Sims put together. Yo, I was obsessed with The Sims for way too long. You know, that's what Anthony does now? He works in 3D printing? Does he really? Yeah. I went no, he doesn't. I swear. I saw him at the... Um... How do you get into that field? I... I don't know. I think so he worked weird. from a small company. I don't think he's like an engineer. I think he's like um, I don't know what he does. I think he's like a product ma- pro- team manager. I don't know. one of those buzzwords you hear in that world. Right. But he was right. like working for a small company that got bought out by a really big company that bought bigger company. Because I saw him right. at the, uh, the a, st- a startup show. that sold out so they could cash in and bro down. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Which is I'm hoping yeah. the company I work for. I hope it does that because I would love a payday. I, I yeah. used to always like right now I'm at that age I'm like give me the opportunity for a cash grab and I'll take it. I will take it. I do. That's where I'm at with everything too, with music and everything. Like, it's like yeah, I'll take it. I, I used to I used to hang on to so many morals, but the kind of stuff I'm making now, if somebody turned to me and said like, I'm gonna give you a record contract, you're already wearing a suit all the time because I'm like where I'm doing it already, so it's not selling okay. out if they try to make me. Dude, if Philip Morris want to sponsor this podcast, I will lay down my morals and do it. Like I, I'm, I'm like I, you know, I don't plan to make any money off of it, but I'm just like whatever. Yeah, just let me let me live off of doing something I but enjoy. But I feel like if you always say you're gonna sell out, then it's not selling out. That's true. Okay. You're just follow, you're following the plan. Listen, if someone offered me, I've never been offered that kind of money, so that's why I can't like speak to it. But yeah, <laughs> so but yeah, <laughs> if I ever was, I'd be the first to say yes. Yeah, sure. Just give me that. Well, isn't it funny, too, because, like, coming from, like, our punk world, like, uh, what's it, uh, people call it punk rock guilt, like, when punk rockers get older, but, like, you, yeah. I, I don't think I realize how much of adulthood happened, like, for bands, there's bands I loved, and I'd be like, it was fucking sellouts, and even if they are doing something like signing to a major label, like, yeah. maybe they have kids and a mortgage, and they want to do music the rest of their life, and they're going to sell that get, song to a commercial. Once you, once, once you get to this, to a certain point in life, it's like, this is either my job or it isn't. Yep. And if it's and if it's my job, I'm going to be fucking good at it. I'm not going to play games anymore cuz you know, all, all like the DIY the punk rock stuff, I still respect it. And I think if you're I think if you're at a point in your life where that's what you can do, that's what you should do cuz that's where you're going to make the most noise. And if you can make it there, you have truly done something with your life. 
But as soon as I had a kid, it was like, well, I want to make music, but I don't have time to do all that. So, yeah. and you have to pay to make I gotta music. I got to figure out another way. You know, yeah. it's like I gotta like I gotta have, I have to be business minded about it and treat it as such. If there's any hope to do anything with it, oh yeah. And it's just because of circumstance. It's not because I think I'm better than anything. No, just... to, and like the fact that everyone's like, oh, you should give away your music. I'm like, you know, it's studio time. You shouldn't expensive. give away your music. No, there needs to be value to music again. No, of course there is because music is the only commodity in the world that people believe should be free. I know. People will, people will pay $4 for a bottle of water. But yeah. people believe that something that somebody poured their heart and soul into for two and a half years – should just be given to you for nothing. Shut up. Like music is worth something. It's not it's not just all disposable crap. And that's the people think that because everything's disposable crap. And the other problem is there's way too much content. Oh, so everybody God, just yeah. thinks I, I need to grab everything. Yep. And I can't have everything if I have to pay for it because I need these 7 billion songs on my iPod and I'm going <laughs> to listen to 200 of them. You know, I don't think iPods even exist anymore. Isn't that the weird thing? Yeah, I guess I guess it's just a phone now, right? No, yeah, I think I really think I'm not. I'm, I'm, I think I read they discontinued it completely. Yeah, I'm not surprised, dude. I have an iPhone six and it's 128 gigabytes. That's holy fuck. That's you know, unreasonable to have. I don't have any music on my iPhone. I hate to say it, I'm a Spotify person. <laughs> Spotify doesn't pay people either, though. But I it's know. a great product, and that's what sucks. That's what sucks about music industry always is like when every anything great comes out, they find a way to not to pay the artist every yeah. fucking time. Pandora, every what do you get for Spotify? Like point zero one of a cent every time you get a play. So, I don't even I don't even know. It's just not it's not worth it. And that's why I'm I you know fuck it. I love Taylor Swift. I give her so much credit, and she took her shit down. Yeah, Taylor Swift. I mean, she doesn't really need the money though. I, I respect her standing up for artists, but it feels like a selfish move to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, and but she you makes know, fuck great you. music. You're already, you're already a goddamn millionaire. If people steal your music, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Yeah. Because everybody in the Midwest is still going to buy your CD from Walmart. So relax. You know what's weird? I went to Newberry Comics. I don't know if you've ever been to one of them. They're I up love here. Newberry Comics. Yeah. Like, every time I'm in Boston, I go to that one up there. I'm a big vinyl junkie. So. Oh, that one. So there's one in our mall in Providence, and uh, – Almost all of the CD space is gone, and they were just re- re- replaced with toys and vinyl and T-shirts and different yep. products. And I was like, that's like a big sign of the times. Like, CDs are just like – but vinyl. Vinyl is everywhere now. Or yeah. Vinyl's big. I mean, CDs – CDs are still big for people who generally consume music. Collectors who go to, like, collector stores yeah. aren't, aren't interested in CDs anymore. But CDs are still a decent way to get your, get your name out there. Oh yeah, especially because they're a little more disposable. With with vinyl, like I'm I'm putting out the full length album I'm doing is coming out on vinyl. That's so awesome. Myself and my friend Jake Egan, who was also in Waiting for Sunset, we wrote an entire album together. It's ten songs, and that's coming out on March 29th. And so is everything I'm putting out, and we're putting that one out on vinyl. It is so expensive to put something out on vinyl. How so much does it really... cost? Like I mean, not not your numbers, but like generals. I would say if you want like a nice – like you, you can get it stripped down in different ways. But to get a nice vinyl package you know, with your, with your sleeve and your printed inner sleeve and maybe a color vinyl with a nice label, you know, shrink wrap with a download card ready to go, you're looking at over – for like a run of like 300 you're looking at over $3,000. 
fuck. So you, yeah. as the artist, you have to front that money and then yep. hope to recoup it? Yeah. I, wow. That's insane. Yeah. I'm going to buy so. from artists. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Buy, like, buy music from artists because in order to – if you're actually trying to make something worthwhile, it, it is a very expensive proposition. I, I'm here to make the announcement right now. I'm fully against anybody thinking any music should be free because I'm a person – who's actually making a legitimate run at music. And it is the most expensive business to try to start for yourself when you try to do it seriously. So there's anyone who's kind of making it music and you're hearing about, buy their music, support what they're doing, because they're working their fucking asses off. Oh, absolutely. They are working their fucking asses off to try to get things in front of you, spending money right and left, and just making it their whole lives. Like that's It's a, it's a big deal. It's amazing what bands you know i'm so surprised and happy that rise against is like still still at it they're still at it man you know i've i fell off of them a few, a few albums ago but me too but then i kind of will co- look, co- come back i'll hear them on the radio like because you know modern rock is a very weird thing in this country so like but now yeah. like uh, they'll, they'll be on like the modern rock station and they're on like, tour with lincoln park i'm like good for you guys you deserve it yeah take it take it you know you got you, you're making your money now you're almost a household name yeah, I wonder how much. I, mean, I don't care about their income personally, but then you wonder how what what the number like compared to what that used to be. Like if you were like an opening band for like a, a household name, you're like probably a millionaire. But I guarantee, I don't think Absolutely. anyone. I don't think Rise Against are millionaires. I bet. Like, I hope they're doing well, but like I don't think the the dollars are the same they used to be. Yeah, no, I mean, and it depends on what their contract looks like because record torn. companies are going to try to fuck you out of everything. Everything. My cousin's in a band. And like a career musician didn't happen to like way later in life, but you yeah. got to tour like two, three hundred days a year to make it work in Europe, like heavily. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least for well, them. that's you know that's that's if your performance. I mean, there's also there's also ways to get in the music business of just like writing stuff and selling it places, or you know trying to license things out and do it that way. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of more the route that I'm forced to take right now. Touring's um, hard, and I guess you also make much. I don't more have time. I don't have time. Kid. I got I got a, I got a daughter. I. There's no way in hell I'm going to be away from my daughter 200 to 300 days a year. No, I couldn't No, do it. no fucking yeah. way. And, like, I kind of like I, I like my wife. I kind of want to see her. <laughs> yeah, my wife's pretty cool, too. Yeah, my other cousin. <laughs> She's not bad. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, my cousin. I like um, her. Sarah, she was in a band. but They broke up by the time I graduated high school. I don't know. They were called Unwound. They were, like, I don't know, Sonic Youthy, like, just weird, noisy band. But right. So her and she's in like she's you know in her forties and has like a kid and stuff, and uh, so she like does little tours here and there with her band. Like she plays with Crin uh, Tucker here and there for like Slater Kenny and then um, mm-hmm. Hungry Ghost is her band. But I was talking, and they were playing in Providence, was having lunch with her and her guitarist, and her guitarist is a private licensed social worker. I think he said L I S W. Okay. And so okay. he can get like two. They can both live their lives and randomly take these two-week tours and then make no money off of it. It's like vacation. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Just for fun. It's got to be another one. Well, your music's much more accessible to the commercial mainstream. Like, you couldn't sell a Red Thing song or a Folly song to a commercial. Mm. I mean, I think you could, but, like, no one else could. <laughs> yeah. no, I know You have to be, mean. like, Imagine Dragons or something. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely – I'm trying to just do, like, a – with everything that's coming out, I'm tr- – I'm basically stuck in the 1970s, even though I didn't live there. Because like all I want, all I want to do anymore is like listen to Elvis Costello or David Bowie, and just write like 
seventies pop rock music. It's all I want to do anymore. Like the first, four, the second format album, the uh, Dog <laughs> yeah. Problems. Oh, dog Problems. That. Dog Problems was a great album. Oh, I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it so amazing. It's incredible. And then the first fun album was just like, I'm gonna make Dog Problems again. And then the second fun album was like, I like hip hop. <laughs> and I'm not complaining because I love both those albums. Uh, I do too. I generally I, I do love like pop. fun. I I hate that I like fun a lot, but I do like fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I like them fucking. I've seen them a few times, and it's been one of the better performances I've ever I've seen. They're yeah, just they're amazing. They're good. They're talented. Jack Antop, what the hell, that guy? But he like if you like, he's a Jersey cat. He's probably from your scene, right? Um, yeah. Steel I, Train. I used to meet. I, I think I met him. I if he was the guy. I'm not sure if I ever met him, but I, I played a show with this band called Random Task, and I know that a bunch of the members of Random Task went in the steel train. And I think I think that I met him a couple times. I'm not sure. I don't know him. It must – yeah, it, your scene. So, like, what was your scene in, like – so were you part of the Sussex region, like that, like, Wayne Fire Hall, whatever? Oh, yeah, man, all that. So, like, that's – I first heard, like, story – like, Jeff and Aguim and all those cats were telling me stories. Oh, my God, all that. There's so many – so so many weird bands and weird shows. Because, no, I was in that part of that whole Folly scene. We played the Folly – Wayne for Sunset played with Folly all the time. Yeah, okay. Um, Like, For My Friends era? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For my friends era for sure. Um so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess what do you want to know about it? There's there's a oh lot to say. It's, there was a lot there was a lot of bands that actually did something with themselves out of that scene. Yeah, like who's cuz I know Jersey gets known for New Brunswick. So you guys are like this weird like scene away from the scene. Yeah, kind of, but I mean, like I said there was a lot of bands that worked really hard and did something with themselves. I mean, Folly, a lot of people knew who Folly yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, Hidden in Plain View. Yeah, I like they. They did pretty good. They do, and they're they're coming back. I actually to bring it back to oh, another plug for me. Uh, a four song EP I just did with the guitar player from Hidden in Plain View, Rob Freeman. No way. Who actually who recorded the Waiting for Sunset EP twelve years ago, and it was the first time we worked with each other in the middle of those two things. So um, it was cool to work with him again. And uh, but yeah, there's other bands like Census Fail was from around there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they're still around too. I know they're. I, you Never, know, they're one of those bands. They're on no like one, a weird level. No one ever expected that was a band that probably ate more shit than any band when they were coming up, and I no know. one expected them to be the band that would still be around today. So I give them all the respect for that. Yeah, and no, they're they're still doing it, and, and not like always, Weekend Warriors either. Like legit, like that's like professional. I think. Yeah, someone from Hot Water is in them now. Hot Water Music and like really? anywhere. Last I heard, but I think they've had some rotating members for various reasons. Wow. See, I didn't know all that. Do you ever listen to Going Off Track? It's like my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts. Going Off Track? No. It's Stephen Smith from uh, what was it? Stephen's Untitled Rock Show and Joan okay. Bear of you like United Nations and like all that stuff. And it's just right. like comedians and musicians. Because his sisters <laughs> on uh, Jonah Bear's sisters on SNL. So right. like, it's like the best comedians, like every comedian and every like musician you've ever loved and roadies and all that cool shit. It's so, yeah, I heard Buddy Nielsen on that and like, he was a fucking smart dude. Wow. I was impressed with him. Like I was listening to it. I was like, I think I really like you now. You're going off, cool. going off track. Yeah. It's, couldn't re- I love it so much. It's like my favorite. I'm going to look that one up. Yeah. It's definitely, it's right up. I think it's like perfect. It's like, oh man, who's on it today? I forgot which one I was listening to last. Um, I don't know where my phone is. 
But we should talk about your music. <laughs> sure, sure. Wait, so Waiting for Sunset is... I feel like I've, I've seen a lot of bands. I'm like 90% sure I've seen your band somewhere down the line. But you guys are coming back. Uh it's uh it's in it's in an infantile stage of a uh I, I don't know if we're coming back full force but it's uh we're we're on Saturday I'm going to the studio to record we're How hard is sunset. it to coordinate all of your adult schedules It's impossible I couldn't even imagine it. it's like a wedding right It's like a wedding every time you try to do it it's real bad <laughs> Yeah I couldn't even imagine, like, um, talking to, like, Jeff and Nagim when I had them, I saw them, like, after Christmas, and I was like, imagine if you guys wanted to go on tour tomorrow, like, next week, they're like, no, it just, my head would explode trying to plan that, <laughs> like, yeah, vacation's tough enough right now, I don't even know how to think of doing a tour. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be ridiculous. They're, they're, uh, I think, I think they're trying to do something again, too, Folly. Yeah, they're putting out an album. Yeah, I didn't know if they were talking about that publicly. Um, yeah, so oh, so uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, um, we we're talking about waiting for sunset. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah so you waiting, guys waiting were... for sunset rehearsed um, in the same practice space that Folly has. So it's funny. Oh, yeah. like now or like? Yeah, like right, like right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I where is, I forgot where John said it was. I know at some point. It's, been, it's in Rockaway. It's in Rockaway. We were talking about, like, having all of them on the show at once, and Jeff was going to record it, but then, like, I live pretty far away, and just every time... I'm, I, my, wife's from Bloomfield, uh, my wife's from Bloomfield, so her, my in-laws are down there. Okay. We've tried to plan it out. Just It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, guys, let's all get in a room together. It just doesn't happen that easily. But I got two yeah, of them no. at once, so that was pretty impressive. And I've had John on. Arvin and Anthony are my next... Oh, do you, you must know like Jeff's fiance Amanda, right? Not really. Actually, Jeff was the one guy in Folly I never really knew. I think a lot of people say that. Yeah, I didn't really know him. Yeah, you're, I don't think you're alone in that one. He's kind of. A I knew the, I knew the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Aguim. <laughs> oh, Aguim's the greatest. He might be one of my favorite people in the world. He's what he's. He, you just like talking to him, just makes you like smile. He's just, he's one of those people. Like, there's not many people like that in life but there's some people that just like I, I always feel good when I'm around you hey you're a nice guy yeah yeah always happy yeah, I agree with that yeah alright so you guys are recording so you guys putting out like an EP CD or like have you got that far yeah uh, no everything's pretty much done it's it's not even like I'm recording uh, uh, you mean waiting for sunset yeah 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 waiting for sunset um, we're recording I, I guess we're gonna see what it actually turns out to be i'm i'm not really sure where it's where it's going right now things have been a little 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 hectic trying to get everybody together so um we're still trying to iron it out all the way but we're we're going to the studio on saturday to start putting something together so that's so cool so how do you do like that and then how do you do your like solo projects simultaneously like do you save certain songs for different things well, I mean, the Waiting for Sunset stuff is stuff that's written. It's been written forever. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're just recording some stuff we never recorded before or, you know, some older songs that we feel like deserve a better recording. Um, you know, we're doing that. So all that's already written. With my stuff, it's just kind of about, like, tackling one project at once. So on March 29th, which is my 30th birthday, um, I'm putting out a full-length album, which will be coming out on vinyl at some point around July. 
uh, a four song EP, which is coming out on a CD, and another two song EP. Oh wow! That's yes. a fucking How long did that take you? I've been working on all this stuff since like 2012, but we were working on it. The full length album, we were working on it. We got into it. Hey, surprise! You're having a baby. Uh, <laughs> hey, surprise! You're having a baby. And then we had to put the whole thing on hold. And then after I settled in, I got back into it. And I decided to just take a genuine push at it. You know, something about a lot lot of people would say, like, oh, when you have a baby, you're not going to want to do music anymore. But the second I had a baby, I realized that I have to try to do music because it's the only thing in the world that really makes me happy all the time that I do it. And uh, if I can make that my job, we'll have a really happy family. That's great. No, it's so, great because that's always the thing. Like, once you have a kid, you can't do the things you love. And like, when I heard you, like, cause, uh, with Brian was having a baby, on, baby on the way, and then I heard heard you on their show, and you said you had a kid, and I was like, all right, so we could have kids and have podcast. Phew. <laughs> yeah, you can you can have kids and still do anything you want as long as you have a really cool partner in it. Yeah. And yeah. and a, and a lot of people around who are very loving and will help you at every turn. That's amazing. <clears throat> as long as you have that. Having a kid's the best thing in the world. How how happy are your parents? I <laughs> there's not even there's not even words. You know, my yeah. daughter my daughter has this such such a strong relationship with my dad, Aww. and it's really cute. That's so it's great. really it's really adorable. That's so amazing. Yeah. Any of the music inspired like influenced by now being like a dad? No, man, not really. <laughs> no kids music. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, it's definitely not kids' music. None of the music is kids' music. I, my music tends to be very serious because, you know, I think the I think the world is um, not really the greatest place, and I'm just one of those people where I I get anxious about shit like that. I feel like everybody does a little bit, but I maybe kind of get a little more vocal or fly off the handle about it sometimes, and mm-hmm. I shouldn't. I know that. No, it's fun. But it's a it is fun. But it's a, you know, music for me is a nice place to just kind of express all those thoughts I have about things or frustration or, I don't know, stuff stuff I need to get out. Music is a good way for me to get stuff out. And when I listen to music that's getting stuff out, it makes me get stuff out too. I feel like music's good for that. So that's what I make. I don't know. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. But you seem like just from like hearing – talking to you today and like hearing, you seem like you uh, have a very like – upbeat disposition so it's kind of nice to get the dark thoughts out somewhere else yeah and i don't i don't always have an upbeat disposition (laughs) if you if you ask my wife if i have an upbeat disposition she would say absolutely not it depends on the day or um yeah or no most days i'm not really upbeat at all um but i have i you know i think i think things are bad and i think the world is fucked up in a lot of ways and i guess some of that is based on what I've experienced in the places I've been and what I've seen and, um, and your work and my work isn't, uh, yeah, we're not I, wall street men. <laughs> no, we're not wall street men. So Dude, I think I've always, I look at, at, um, so how long have you been doing the solo thing? Um, for a while, I guess I, uh, after waiting for sunset, I, I went to college. Um, and I played while I was there, but not really. So, I made some solo music while I was in college, and it was not that great, really. Uh, it still exists somewhere, so somebody could hear it if you want to try to find it. So I released two things as uh, Patrick Llewellyn, and it was just the releases like Patrick Llewellyn and his band, and then I was in another band. 
that was called the Benedict Arnold Trade School or BATS. And we did pretty well for a while. So I've, I've been kind of doing the solo thing for a long time because all that was my songs. Um, but like this and the current incarnations of what I'm doing, I kind of just started trying to do it in like October. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. I've just been I've been trying to put it all together as quickly as possible. So, like I said, I have the full length album coming out. I have uh, two EPs. One of them is going to be on CD. One's digital only. We did a music video that was really cool. We should definitely talk about that because it was fun. Yeah, wait. And you actually so you actually saw value in doing a video? Yes. Um, I know I know somebody who works I know somebody who works in social media marketing. And he does really well with it. And I asked him what I should get for like the best kind of marketing thing that I can. And he said, make a video. Hmm. And I, and it can be shared anywhere and blasted out to any number of people. Yeah, yeah. So we tried to make a, a fun video. So we got access to a fully functioning and operational haunted house. And we shot this video that's like a dream sequence of like me in a suit in a haunted house and all the guys I play with there and um, just kind of using the whole place as a, as a big set for a, for a music video. So it was like a giant set music video. <laughs> it was really, really cool. Is that up? No. Um, that's also coming out on March 29th. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it might, it might come out. out a little sooner. I don't know. But that's for one of the songs off the four-song EP that's called Personal Fable. Um, the song is called Peaceful Man. So we did a music video for that. You know, I'm, I'm putting a website up. I'm, I'm really going for it this time. <laughs> this time. No, that's awesome. It's amazing yeah. like how much of it is just like digital these days. Like It's, it's everything. A, a lot of it's digital, man. It, it's, it's a very useful tool. It's very costly to use it properly. Yes. So it's like it give, but it gives you the ability which people people who bitch and say so I just want to get this out because we're on a podcast. Yeah. People like even musicians that bitch to say that you know Facebook is charging me for ads I shouldn't have to pay for ads. Yes, you fucking should. If you want to put an ad on television, you have to pay for it, and you understand that. There's more people on Facebook than there than there are watching TV. All the time. There's probably more people checking Facebook on their phones at any given moment than people watching television. That's fair. Or they're doing both at the same time. And if you think that you should just have access to a tool like that to get your shit in front of millions of people, then you're you're a hypocrite because you just want to get in front of people so they buy your stuff. You have to pay for advertising. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, Facebook, yeah, no, I know. I've never paid for any of the Facebook stuff yet. But like I, I know what you mean. I think I see what you're. It's worth from. it if you if you want to do it. It's, it's a powerful marketing tool. So market yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing I think I struggle with most marketing this. It's hard. Yeah, marketing anything is hard, man. Especially with just like you and you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. fun. Dude, Twitter. I think Twitter has been one of the most fun experiences I've had with this. Um, yeah, Twitter. I was really into Twitter for a little while. I'm not so much on Twitter anymore. It gets pretty personal. Like, I made some cool connections on Twitter. Yeah, so Twitter is really cool, but it's also, like, really not. <laughs> I don't know. So you went to the New York Comedy Fest? Yeah. Oh, how was that? I wanted to go so bad. 
it was fun, man. It was fun. I mean, you know, the New York Comedy Fest, it's just like a lot of comedy shows happening all over New York City. So yeah, it's just like there's just a lot. But there's like a lot of big names in town. So there's a lot of shit going on that you, you can't see. <laughs> you know, you just because you, you buy tickets to one show. It's not like you mm-hmm. buy a ticket to the New York Comedy Fest. You buy a ticket for this show. You buy a ticket for that show. It's funny how all musicians and comedians always end up in the same world. Like, I feel like my love of music kind of faded for a while, and then it kind of got replaced with like podcasts and comedy. And now it's yeah, come full circle. Like I listen to tons of comedy podcasts. Me too, man. Like, I listen to a lot of them. Yeah. Yo, R. R. I. P. Harris Whittles. Dude, oh my god! I was like, obviously never met him, but like, I was like legit, like sad because like I heard him I on too. so many podcasts, and that's how I became like a big fan of his work. I love Parks and Recreation. Like, yeah, I listened to him on Marin, and then um, the two you made times... it weird. Yes, I was just gonna say that. I and that's why I think I got real touched because I had just recently listened to him on the second time on You Made It Weird yep. where he Me talked too. about it and like I, I fucking love that podcast. Like it's like I can't even talk about how much That's I about Pete Holmes Pete Holmes is such he's such a good podcast though. He gets so philosophical. It just I, felt, love like, it. I think that's just him. And like I always like I wonder if I could do I what Pete Holmes does. I'm like I can't. I just don't have that whatever he if has. He, if Pete Holmes ever hears this, Pete Holmes, I want to do your show. Oh, uh, me too. I would be afraid of what I give up because I feel like if I've met him, I'd be like, I'll tell you everything you want. I just, I, I love that. <laughs> I love that show so much. And like, give me a good like commute. Like, if I'm one time, my wife and I were driving to New York City. We were driving from Providence to Queens. We put on Pete Holmes when he had John Hamm on. It was like three hours long. Get in the car, bam, you're in New York. And I yeah. know way too much about John Hamm and his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but that Harris Whittles one, like that, really moved me because especially yeah. like we have all done people with and drugs and man, that was like I was like really like when Robin Williams died, I was like, oh, that's sad. But when Harris Whittles died, because I've listened to his voice so many times, I was like, man, we lost a good one, guys. Yeah, we did. I was we like really bummed. One. I was like really bummed because of that episode. I was really bummed too. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one because it's hard to explain to people. I'm like, I know I don't know him. Well, it's weird. like the the podcasting thing is weird because the people who make podcasts and put them out, it like, and you're saying I would give you anything you want on that show. In order to have a podcast that's interesting at all, you really have to just open yourself up to just say whatever wants to come out of your head. Yeah. Because if you if you try to restrict it, then you're not doing what's honest about the medium. Like it's such a cool medium because it's so honest. Oh, it's it's people just being honest, and it's really it's fucking awesome. I know. It took me a while. Like when I first started, I was so guarded, and it's t- it took me a while to get to that point. Like there's so many things I would never want to say. Like what if my parents hear it? But now I'm like, you know, just there's obviously I still have my rules of what I can't put out there because of like my employment and stuff. Yeah, like, same. Yeah, but that's why Pete Holmes could do it because it's like you can say anything he wants. Or like Joe Rogan smokes weed all day and just fucking interviews everybody. Uh, yep. I love Marin. Nerd. I love Nerdist too. Like I like. I go back and forth with Nerdist. I like. I like that one a lot. I listen to it a, a, a good amount. Yeah. I. I mean. I cycle. I. I cycle through a lot of pot. Like I'll be really into one of them for. Like I was really into like Doug loves movies for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But too. now. But then. But then I hit points where I'm like I don't really want to hear it. But then there's I hit other points where I'm like okay I want to hear it again. Yeah. I come, you come back. I think. The dream is that you have people who keep you on subscribe and they listen to episodes here and there because I don't think anyone listens to every episode of every show. No, you can't. No, like Mark Maron you, has like 500 episodes, so you pick and choose. Almost 600 episodes. Yeah, no, and it's great. He and puts out two a week every week. Yeah. It's so much time. I'm not in my car that much. No, so I like, used to be, but not anymore. To, to listen to everything I want to listen to in any given week, I'm not in my car that much. 
Mm-hmm. And like I can't just be constantly listening to podcasts. Do you know who has a good one? And I don't know if she gets enough credit. Uh, Aisha Tyler, Girl on Guy. It's Never heard it. Incredible. It's like the same vein as everything else. But she's the only podcaster, including myself, who doesn't talk about herself at all and keeps it always on the guest. And she's so sweet and she's funny and like she's dirty and uh, she's fucking she's one of my favorite people from Listen to Her. And she gets some cool guests like she had the tall dude from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? I forgot. Ryan Styles. Like you'll never hear him anywhere else. Like she'll yeah. have people that won't go on any other podcasts, only hers because they're just like friends. And, like, nice. She's really great. Um, man. Yeah, comedy podcast. Fuck. Have you ever see? I haven't gone to any live podcasts yet. Though. That's like the thing I. I haven't done it either. I got into Podfest this year. I I wanted to. There's something there's something about podcasts to me that's like. I don't even like listening to live ones that much. No, there's I actually something I don't. About it, there's, I don't there's something about ones. it that's 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 intimate, and I think should stay that way. L. A. has kind of the real stamp on podcasting. They have all the good everyone good's out there. No, that's because everybody who's in the business lives in L. A. Yeah, it must just be so much easier. Like, yep. I get jealous like, Nerdist. I'm like, yeah, we just have our friends. I'm like, yeah, well, my friends aren't Thomas Lennon and David Cross. Yeah. <laughs> my friends are people no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yes. So that's I awesome. don't have those kind of friends yet. Not, not yet. So, <laughs> awesome. So, I'll start to wrap it up. Um, so, all the new stuff is coming out on the 29th. So, when this goes out, people can hear it on, uh, so, three years to make, oh, you had some life changes in the middle. Some big life changes. Yeah. yeah. Who do you make all your music with? Is it like a rotating band, or is it just you and one buddy? Yeah, it's it, this. All the stuff that's coming out is rotating. I I have established a band um, to move forward with, uh, but the full length album is just me and uh, Jake Egan. And there's the two song EP that is uh, myself, Joe Mankin, and Dan Traglia that we recorded with James Straza, and. Uh, then the band now basically evolved over the four song EP we did with Rob Freeman. And it is uh, myself, Nick and Steve Pultz, uh, Mike Bell, Scott Daniel and Michael clicks. So we're, uh, nice. Yeah. Are you the head of the marketing guy? Like you're like, got to get out in front of it and promote the shit out of it. I guess, man, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. I have to, I guess I should get on it. I need to figure it out. <laughs> well, you know, you know, how I guess label, that's right? what I'm doing this for. Yeah, do do tons of podcasts. That's the way to do it. It's uh, yeah. I just had some. I had someone on here who had put out a comedy album, and that's what they did. They're like, you know, can't tour a ton, so I'm just gonna go on every podcast possible. He's uh the warm up comic for like uh, Colbert, Daily Show, Wilmore, all those. Nice. Things. So he can't like travel a ton because of that. So he's like, put out the album. I'm going every podcast I can go on. See what happens. And I'm like, yeah, I met a lot of people through Twitter like that. Just like people like. Big, way bigger than they should be talk, too big to talk to me, but they don't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's um, great. Um, so, excellent. Where could uh, people find you on the old internets? Uh, on Right now, you can go to patlewellen.bandcamp.com. The only thing up there right now is a four-song EP with my band bats. Uh, How do you spell on, your last name for people? Because it's harder than it sounds. It is. It's uh, L-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N. Yeah, if you look at the description to the show, all the links will just be right yeah. there. Yeah, you just click go in the show, go yeah. in the show links. It's there. Yeah. On March on March 29th too, though, I'm putting out, I'm having a, a website launch nice. that day as well. So nice. Putting up the putting up the whole website, um, and everything will be available for streaming and purchase and 
doing whatever you want. And you guys know how he feels about buying music, so you better buy it. I just, I, you know, if you want to take music, take music. No one's really ever going to be able to stop you. But if you talk to anybody who's really trying to make music, it is difficult and expensive and years of hard work. So chip in if you really like something. Throw him some bucks. Throw this chip guy in. some bucks. And that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh- awesome, man. I really, I really appreciate it. 